Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am sitting here with Dr. Christian Yates. Christian, what's up? Hey, just back. I have a question for you, Christian. Why do you have more hair on your face than you do on your head? Because I can't grow it on my head. Mm -hmm. So kind of like you. But you could choose to. Uh, I could get plugs. The same thing. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I went and tried that once. Really? How'd uh, that work out for you? Uh, you tell me how that <laughs> worked out for me. Well, you know, but if you do notice, I do have hair. I got you. I got the, you The dude too. told me I needed three sessions. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But listen, it, this is the great story. Okay. This is what dentists do all the time. Not about getting plugs, but how we do this to patients. Okay. I'm a good patient. For somebody that does hair restoration, I can afford it, I need it, I want it, all of those things. Right. Okay. So I go to this place, okay, I research who's good, I go down to Florida, I go to this guy who somebody referred me to, correct? I went, oh, dude, I went and got it done the first time, okay? (laughs) I walk in there and the guy, the guy goes, hey, this is, look, he diagnosed me, says, hey, obviously you know you need this. And uh, he says, I think it's going to take three sessions We're gonna because you're pretty much bald and we want to get it back. And I said, no problem. And he goes, he says, it's going to cost you about four to five grand a session. I said, okay, no problem. And, and this was 10, 12 years ago. Right. Okay. So I didn't have the economics that I do today. So I said to him, I said, so what are my payment options? He goes, you can just write me a check for four to $5,000. And I'm like, what about everything else? I go, well, the, the other guy down there gives payment plans. He goes, that's that's a problem with this this business today. I'm like, okay, no problem. All right, so <laughs> so all right, but I, but he's the and, guy, right? Yeah. He, he was the guy. So I said, all right, I'll write you a check, no problem. So I borrowed money <laughs> to write him a check. And then I said, well, what about sedation? Oh, you don't need that. This doesn't. It's not that bad. Yeah. He, says, he says, oh, he's, uh, that's what he said. He said, I'll give you a couple of volumes, no problem. He's like, you'll be fine. So, he, like, you know, so I got, I got this little, fe- I got a little bit of fear inside where, like, well, I don't want to tell him that I'm a wimp, that I needed this. So, anyway, so I, again, I, I toughed it up. You know, I said, okay, it won't be that bad. And I got this done. And all, here's what I remember they numbed me up. Okay. So they used the wand yeah. and they numbed my head up. It was an absolutely weird feeling. Then they made the cut. Okay. And then when they make the cut, you just feel this blade touching your skull and uh. the rattling sound that it makes. Okay. And then I'm thinking like, why during this has happened? I'm like, why am I not asleep? Okay. <laughs> and then I go to him, I go, is there a TV or something I can watch? He's like, no, we don't have any of that stuff. And then I go, oh, my God. And then he pulls out what, is, what I think is an ice pick. 
Okay. And he starts making little holes in the top of my head for where the little plugs are going to go in or the graph from the back of my head is going to go in. And I'm thinking to myself, why the hell am I not asleep? Right. And then I'm thinking to myself, I paid money for this. Right. And then so basically what happened is I got the result he told me I was going to get, but I never went back again mm. and I'll never do it again. You don't have any patience to do that, do you? Well, I, I will never recommend anybody else to do that again because he missed the fundamental logics of running a business. Your patients are asking to make payments, so right. help me make payments. Right. Your patients are f- afraid to death of what's going to happen because what's easy to you and normal to you is not easy and normal to me. So you don't offer sedation, and then you don't offer any way to make it comfortable for me. And I was like, I just won't do it. I toughed it through it. I just won't do it again. Right. And a lot of our patients do the same thing, right? A they lot of our the- dentists do the same thing to patients. Right. Exactly. All the time. So our patients experience exactly what you did. Yeah. So that leads me into what we're going to talk about today. What should I be doing before I even actually start marketing? Right. Okay. So you break it down into two things. Okay. There are internal things we should be doing and there's external things that we should be doing. Right. Which one do we want to address first? Um, I think internal. All right, let's is, talk about internal. So, so start talking to us, Christian. So I think the most important thing, well, there, there's a number of things that are important here. One would be obviously you never want to market something you can't do. Okay, so clinical skills, that essentially. That sounds like common sense, right? Yeah. But how many people do we know or how many times have we even done this where we get excited, we hear about this, and we're like, oh, we got to tell everybody about this. And then somebody comes in and maybe they're interested in Gum bleaching, laser gum bleaching. Oh, I got to go get a laser. I, yeah. I forgot about that part. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. So obviously it sounds like common sense, but get comfortable and like maybe do a few things before mm-hmm. you start doing it on patients. I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't know any of my patients that want to be guinea pigs. I tell my patients when they're going to be <laughs> guinea pigs, to be honest with you. Maybe that's what I need to do. You know, um, I, I take a slightly different tack to that. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I take it a step further. And what you're saying is, in other words, have the clinical skills of whatever procedure that you're doing. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be a bona fide expert. Correct. But Correct. you have to have the tools. You have to yeah. have the training. You have to have the support system in place. And the way I tell people is you earn the right to market. In other words, do these things on your existing patients that are in your practice. Right. And if you can't complete a case or get patient acceptance within your practice, you're going to fight an uphill battle getting those patients outside your practice. I think that's so, great advice. So, I, you know, I, kinda, I, I do that with sleep. And the way we teach our sleep classes at 3D Dentists is sleep level one. That's about, hey, we want to train you to get three to five patients a month out of your hygiene department. Right. Sleep level two is now that you've got that under your belt, now let's earn the right. Now we've earned the right. Let's talk about what it takes to get out to the physician community. Let's share our results. Let's share our stories. Let's talk in, let's talk in medical terms. Let's talk marketing. Let's talk all those things because now we've earned the right. So, so it's the same thing that you're saying. But, I, you know, I look at it, hey, it's not just the education. It's, hey, I want to complete a few cases right. on my existing patient base. And I want, I want to kind of work through them before, before I go outside. Why would I spend money marketing when I have this whole pool of patients inside that could be done with. Okay? That absolutely makes sense. All right, so next on the internal list. 
Uh, well, uh, I think one of the things would be, and to me this is really important, and we touched on this last time, is your message or, as you put it, clarity. Yes. Be clear about what it is that you do and what it is that you want people to ask you to do for them. So once you know what your message is, then you can take that to the next level, which is to educate your team mm-hmm. and how your team what what are they saying to your current patients? What are they going to say to the patients that come in? Mm-hmm. Is that does that correspond to what it is that you want to do? So for me, it's really important to say this is my message and to explain that to my team and even get my team involved with the message. So before you even start marketing, you kind of go over it with your team. Yeah. Hey, we're thinking about or we are going to be marketing sedation dentistry. Right. These are the things that you should expect the phone calls to look like. Mm-hmm. These are the struggles that patients are having. This is how I want you to talk to these people. And this is how we have to do these things differently than what we do with our general dentistry patients. Right. I would yeah. argue that you're almost marketing to your team. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're basically feeding your team the same information you're feeding out to the community in that so that they can give you some feedback like that doesn't make sense to me or okay now i get it so now you know how to talk to my patient when that new client comes to the door they're not going to have interaction with you right off the bat Mm. they're going to be talking to susan or janice or whoever answers the telephone Mm. and if that person not that they need to be an expert because i also think it's really important that business team members and auxiliaries don't necessarily explain everything. We're not diagnosing over the phone. Right. And and they don't really have to. The most important thing is, I'm so glad you called. Dr. Troon is an expert at this. He would love to meet I'm an you. expert? You're an expert. Wow. Hey, you went to a course. You're an expert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what I heard, number one, is you got to have the clinical clinical parts in place. Yes. Okay. Number two, what I'm hearing is that you have to have your messaging Mm-hmm. clear and and part of the having message and clear is making sure that your team members even know what you're doing i can't i can't listen i gotta give you an example i remember the time i sent out I, this is i would never do this today or advocate this today okay but i remember about 15 years ago i sent out an ad that was a coupon in valpac for 99 dollars exam and cleanings okay and i remember my team come to me and says Dude, we're getting patients calling about $99 exams and cleanings. What do you know anything what is about? That? Like, do you know anything about this? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I put this ad out about a week ago. And and they looked at me like, it'd be good for us to know that because I just told this patient they're out of their mind. Right. I just told this patient we don't do that. Yeah, so that's a, that's a very good example of why uh, we should let our teams know. Like, what are we doing? I try it every month. I try. I don't know. I'm not always good at it. But to try to bring them up to speed, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the messages we're sending out. This is what we're interested in. Uh, when somebody calls about this, yes, we do that. We do everything, you know. So they have a better idea of what um, that patient's going to be looking for and how they need to handle that patient. Christian, you said something I don't like. What's that? You said, I'm not really good at that. And the, your real answer should be, I'm, I'm just less, I'm less worse than you. Oh, okay. I'm right? working on that. I'm I, a work in progress. You know, <laughs> we, and I have the same tendency. We, we have this tendency, so I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm, not, I'm not good at that or I suffer at that. And the truth is, is we're just better. We, you know, some, there's some things that we do better than others. That's true. And we, but in our mind, we're still not good at it, right? Like, I'm not a good golfer, but I'm a five handicap. 
Right. And most people, many people listening would be like, dude, I'd be happy to be a five handicap. Right. right. So I, my, my stay, I'm just less worse golfer than you are. You just made me feel great. You made yeah. my day. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just less. <laughs> so, so now what else? Okay. So we talked about clinical, we've talked about, uh, uh, messaging and clarity with your team. What else should I have in place internally before I go outside and market? Um, I think we both can agree that the culture of your office needs to be one that is, and again, this is common sense stuff. Mm-hmm but we oftentimes overlook this, is that your culture needs to be in place, the culture that you want that is going to make that patient feel comfortable when they get there. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have an inviting atmosphere or people that are going to make that patient or that new client feel comfortable making the decision to move forward with their treatment, then you've just wasted all the money to bring them in. Because as they leave... You spent how much money to get that patient through mm-hmm. the door, and now they didn't have the experience that they expected from your marketing, and now they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So you really just opened the door up for the next dentist who's going to be able to provide that experience for the patient. So I think that you know that another internal thing is making sure that your team is qualified as well as you to provide the experience that the patient expects yeah. to have. So you know, I would take that a step further. And I would say that oftentimes dentists, we view our culture from the clinical setting because that's where we're at eight hours a day. We very rarely ever see what the culture is in the front office or in the business area when patients are walking in the door. Mm -hmm. And so we really, to me, the culture, if we boil it down, is do you have a smiling face and somebody that's going to make your patient feel welcome when they walk in the door? Right. You know? If if you get the if you get the relationship started on a positive end, you can screw things up a little bit after that, and people will give will will forgive, for, will forgive you. Yeah. But if you screw it up in the beginning end, it doesn't matter how good you are clinically, how good you are experientially in the back. Right. The patient remembers that first impression. Right. And and let's go back a little step. That first impression doesn't start when the patient walks in. That first impression starts when they call your office, right. you know, on the phone skills. So you got to make sure the culture that you're speaking to is you got to have a culture of people that want to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. And winning doesn't mean money necessarily. It does, winning means helping people. Right. Got to have a culture of people that want to help people. Right. And those people are the doctor, the patients, other team members, each other's families. That's the culture that we got to create. Absolutely. All right. So we talked about having the clinical skills. Mm-hmm. We talked about having clarity of your messaging and make sure your team's on board. And we talked about making sure that you have a culture so that when patients walk in or come to your practice, they say, Hey, this is a place I'd like to do business with. Right. I think the two, there's two other things that kind of blend together and that's financial. Okay. So number one, mm-hmm. make sure that you have a budget to market okay because okay? obviously you and you, you there's different people out there will say you have to spend this much per month versus this much per month and i don't i think the i don't even remember what it is our budget is so far out mm-hmm. of uh alignment with what the consultants recommend. yeah most consultants recommend five percent five percent yeah so we're considerably more than that but um or maybe we are close to that. I don't know, but we're not. We're not anywhere at one percent or whatever, yeah. which is what a lot of dentists will either not throw enough or throw too much or mm-hmm. whatever. So when it comes to the money part, there's a, a gentleman that 
was a radio rep. When we first got into radio, my partner Joe was this big AM talk fan, and he just loved it. And I like, I never listened to that stuff. But I didn't realize how many of our patients did. And so he convinced me, let's get them in here and talk to them. The guy says, this is what I would lay out for you if you want to be successful on radio. For the first six months, you need to spend $60,000. And I mean, I'm almost lost it. I'm like, this is back in you know, 2002 or 2003, I didn't have $60,000 and he wanted it up front. Mm. So, or he wanted to make sure we had it. And then, you know, cause he right. said to me, he says, I'm not going to take your money unless you want to spend this much because you're just not going to get the results. And then you're going to come back and you're going to be upset with me. I don't want that. I want to be able to do this right. So we borrowed the money and did it. It was one of the best things we ever did because we built this relationship with one of the radio personalities and it, you know, just cascaded into lots of people coming into our practice as a referral from Al Gardner, who is the the radio, the morning news guy on on WBT. So from a financial standpoint, make sure you have the money and you're willing to spend the money. uh, And then that you've, you've budgeted that for whatever period of time that you're going to be doing that. So Christian, what I'm hearing from you is, is dentists need to have a budget in mind. Yes. Okay, and that budget needs to have two sections to it. Section number one is they gotta they gotta be prepared for the monthly outlay, mm-hmm. and part number two of that is you gotta be prepared for the ramp period. Okay, in other words, True. you're not gonna get that money back. You may get lucky and get that money back month one. You may get lucky and get that money back month two, but you have to be committed. You know, we we often say you got to be committed for the long haul, and I say don't commit to the long haul until you know the short haul works, right? Right. So don't you know? To me, it's that three four month period. You'll know in three or four months if something's working, okay? And that doesn't mean you're going to recoup all your money right away in three or four months, but you should see progress, correct, in three or four months. So so establish a budget. And know that that budget has to last you a solid three, four, five, six months of commitment. So in other words, if you're extending yourself and you want to spend the money for a month or two, don't bother. Yeah. I, I mean, I would even argue. I mean, with the when we started on radio, the rep even told me back then, you're not going to really start to see this flow of, of people until they've heard your message over and over again and it literally took six months and then people started slowly coming in but you know after 18 years of doing that we have people that come in that heard commercials back 10 15 years ago and they're like i'm ready now i I didn't need your help but i've been listening to you and i've heard your message so many times i mean i just naturally it's built trust yeah so it's continuity branding to some degree um, but being willing to just throw it out there and stick with something for a while, as long as it's the right thing. Right. Well, it fits back to the clarity point, you know, what you're right. marketing, all of that. Right. So let's, let, let me go on another tangent on the financial side of things. Okay. To me, the other part of the financial is not just as the dentist, but do you have the financial systems in place to help your patients afford the dentistry? Right. You know, you know, in other words, 
Do you have payment plan systems? Do you have the right third-party system? Because depending on the types of dentistry you're marketing, there are different third-party systems that make the most sense. Because if you're starting to get into forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars cases, you know XYZ company is not it may not be the right person for that. Right. But there are companies out there that spe- that's you know kind of specialize in lending that type of money out right. to those types of patients and they have programs very specifically designed for those patients and, and for me the example i'm using is full arch dentistry and then uh the full arch implant dentistry and the typically companies like proceed or green sky financing right. that have very specific programs that are literally geared towards patients that are getting thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of implant dentistry done and have you kind of got in into their system. In other words, are you a provider for them? Mm-hmm. Does your team know how to utilize them so that you're not bumbling and fumbling when that patient comes in? Right. So part of that financial menu, fi- finance, the financial part of this is do you have the budget internally to sustain the marketing to get it going? And do you have the systems to allow your patients to afford the dentistry. Right. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, so if you don't if you if you don't offer third-party financing and you're going to start marketing dentistry that costs more than 3 or 4,000 dollars, yeah. Don't bother. Right. Really. You know, really don't. True. You know, and 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 I would argue if you if you have a single resource for third-party financing, you're missing the boat. You need to have multiple resources because Everybody has different credit requirements. Everybody has different programs. Everybody has different. It's like it's no different than when I go to the the car dealership. I'll come back to that analogy. Right. And I know dentists hate anything to do when they <laughs> say I, I'm anything like a car dealer. Okay, but when you go to a car dealer, depending on the car you're buying, they will have different banks or lending relationships that they work with. Right. So when I go into a, a car and I want to buy a car, they say, hey, for you, we're going to work with XYZ Bank. And right. I always go, why? He goes, well, your credit history is of such that this bank works really well with you. The, the car you're buying is of such a price point that you know they're not going to hesitate there. And I, and I said, so when would you use XYZ, another bank? He goes, well, if you're buying this car and your credit was a little bit less than ideal, we know that this bank loves pay customers like you. Right. You know, so it's the same thing by having these things in place before you start marketing. That, that car analogy brings me up to, because, you know, back in the day when I first became a dentist, I was driving around in a crap box. Okay. I, I still I think mean, your car is a crap box, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd never experienced what it was like to purchase a car that my experience was more important to me than the cost of the car. Yeah. Like I literally, and, and I think car dealerships have come a long way, and we don't need to talk about cars, but the, the, the way that we're selling our dentistry, we're not selling, you know, little, little things here. We're selling a Mercedes. Ooh, 100%. You, better, you better be prepared to give people a Mercedes experience. So the overall picture here is, is are you a Mercedes dealership or are you a Chevy dealership? If you're a Chevy dealership, that's okay, but you're probably not going to be able to sell a Mercedes out of a Chevy dealership. And every once in a while, you sell a Corvette, and that's fine. Right. You, you, and it's a perfect analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Because Chevy dealership also sells $60,000, $70,000 cars. They're called Corvettes, right? Yeah. They're called Hellcats. I mean, I don't, that's a Dodge, I think. That's okay. a Dodge, I think. Okay. I mean, I, look, I don't know much about American cars, okay? But, but if you're trying to move into where the majority of what you're selling 
yeah. is this, then you need to have that level of experience in place. That doesn't mean you have to have a fancy Taj Mahal office. Right. It, it really comes down to what, what I would call the soft products. Right. Okay. The soft, in the airplane world, they call it, we got the hard product, which is the seat. Then we got the soft product, which is the service right. and how they make you feel. You know, at the end of the day, they're all Boeing 777s, correct? But what makes the difference is the soft product is how people treat you when you get on that plane. Right. And, and that's part of having that in place before we get started. We've talked about having the clinical skills. We've talked about having clarity of your message and making sure your team's on board. We talked about having your your in, your personal financial budget in place and longevity for that. Mm-hmm. We talked about having the financing in place so that your patients can pay for this dentistry. The last thing I think that people need to have in place before they start marketing is scheduling. Yes. Okay. So in other words, if you're going to start, and, and this is somewhere that I'm struggling to a certain degree, because some of us, okay, I'm not, there's two different types of marketing, let's say we're talking about here. There's the dentist that's marketing to fill their chairs. Okay. And that's a whole different ballpark. And I'm not saying that that's an area that I'm not probably the right person for them, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe even yourself. Okay. To a certain degree, we can go back in time and talk about what we did to get there. But where I'm really focusing on is the dentist that already has a full schedule, but the full schedule of things they don't like to do necessarily. Right. And now what they want to do is they want to advance their services and their practice by marketing for new things, not necessarily just to fill the schedule, but to fill the schedule with new things. So before you start marketing, you've got to have the space to bring these people in as consultations, to bring these people in as follow-up consultations, to bring these people in to actually do the treatment. Right. So the last thing I want to do is have somebody respond to any, any level of marketing Okay, and then for us to say, well, our next consultation appointment is two weeks from now. Right. And that's not going to work in today's society where people literally, they're trying to get, they want, oftentimes they want to come in the same day. I'm thinking about it. I'm free today. I picked up the phone. I chatted with you on my website, whatever it may be. And we want to get that out there. So let me tell you what's really painful is the patient that comes in and you build a relationship Mm -hmm. and you've paid the money and they're there. And then you see them six months later and they went to Clear Choice and had full arch implants and you go, wait a second, I thought we were going to do this to your team. Yeah. And the patient talks to the hygienist who's taking this part and fix it. And she says, I just couldn't wait. Yeah. And I go, oh, and ask me how I know this. Uh, it happens. Because we weren't able to get the patient in. Because time and fear and money, those are all very important yeah. things. And to some people, it's time. They have the money. But we didn't make the time in our schedule to make it convenient enough for her to get the work done. And so she went somewhere else. She loved us. She came back because Clear Choice doesn't have a hygiene program. But but you missed out on the 50 grand, Totally dude. missed out on the boat. And so, doing dentistry that you love to do. Right. And and really, I mean, and they did a fine job. I mean, the, the work was was fine but you know i wanted to have the 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 satisfaction of saying i got that smile for you or i worked or my team did this for you and it's okay but i'm to your point so important to make sure that we're logistically uh set up to to do these cases and to do this type of dentistry you know a quick story on that and um i remember when i first started marking sedation Okay, well, I start, first started marketing more advanced dentistry uh, back in 2005, 2006. 
at the time, I wasn't speaking as much, so I had more Fridays off. So I told her, I asked my team members, if we get the response that we hope we get with this, mm-hmm. are you comfortable working a few Fridays here and there so that we don't have to make patients wait? Are you, and today I would look at them, and my team has actually come to me and said, hey, let me know the Saturdays that you can work yeah. this month. <laughs> and, and they don't say, hey, we're going to schedule you, right. but they know that, <clears throat> hey, if some patient comes in, they want to do the dentistry that we love to do, and what's holding them back from saying yes to us is because we're pushing them out a little bit, they know that these are our stretch days right. where we'll come in if necessary but if if it's not necessary, we won't come in. Right. And that's that's what I mean by part of un, having the schedule in place, having the consult blocks, having the treatment blocks. And maybe you're like, hey, I'm already working four days a week and I'm busy. Well, there's that fifth, sixth, and seventh day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and get what get what's needed in place to where if you needed to work those days, make it happen. Another specific example. Let's say you want to get into full arch implant dentistry. Part of scheduling will also know when you're going to have an anesthesiologist right. or when you're going to have a dental anesthesiologist to come in. There's so many working parts. That's coming back to having clarity about what you're marketing and the clinical part of it. There's so many things that kind of go with this. And that's oftentimes why marketing doesn't work. Right. It's, it's not that the marketing didn't work. It's that we just didn't convert our patients on the experience. Yep. So, All right. So we talked about the internal things. We talk about having team on board, having conversion conversations, having a schedule in place, having a way to convert people, understanding if we can't convert people within our practice, we're probably going to suffer converting people outside of our practice, to have the longevity on money. Uh, of, of spending the money for the, the marketing and to give it the period to ramp up, to have financing in place for our patients, to have all the things that it takes to schedule so that, you know, we go into a mindset of having success. So when, not if, but when it works super well, this is where we're going to put these patients. If the response is way better than we expect, here's our stretch days of how we're going to make this work. Right. So we've talked about all these internal things that we need to have in place. Now let's talk about the external things. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. 
Now let's get back to this week's episode. This is where it gets into the weeds. And, and that's it. okay. So <laughs> so I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, okay? okay. There's, there, there'll be time for the weeds, okay? okay so we can do a webinar for people. We can have a and a They can contact you directly. Right. But I think the challenge with the weeds is that's what confuses us. That's what scares us away. And I want to kind of avoid that. So should let's we'll cover that we can cover this and it's uh you know it's probably just a few basic basic things okay. one would be reputation <clears throat> i think to me reputation is not a basic thing it isn't uh it's probably to me though it's the most important thing in a world where everything is starred mm -hmm. from the coffee you buy on amazon to the car dealership to the experience you had when you got your hair cut to the restaurants we choose Absolutely, hotels you stay in, everybody is asking you to rate them. Mm -hmm. Or they're not asking you, and you're doing it anyway because yeah. you had either a good experience or a bad experience. But that's, that's what we live in today. Everybody rates everybody. I just spent five days in Paris with my wife for our anniversary. It was our 18th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. I can't believe she made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we picked new restaurants every day for lunch and dinner. And it was 100% based on the reviews. Yeah. 100% based. We just, I said, you know, I said, hey, I want to eat Italian today. Or she said, hey, I would like to have Italian. I'd literally go on Google. I'd type in Italian restaurant and I would just look for the reviews. Right. And would you have done that earlier? You asked me, you know, how has it changed? Oh my gosh. 10 years ago? None of us looked at that kind of stuff. Uh, we, I mean, it wasn't that important. It didn't even exist hardly. Yeah. So... Today, I feel like you really have to tell the general public, listen, this is a safe place. I know what I'm doing. I'm an expert mm -hmm. at this, and this is why you should choose me. And I can't tell you how many patients over recent years, so not five years ago, but recently in the last, say, 18 months even, that patients will come in and I'll say, how did you hear about us? So, you know, well, I heard about you here, but then I looked you up. Because mm -hmm. we're all. I did my up. research. Oh yeah, I researched. I had a patient literally tell me this. I read your reviews. We have eight hundred reviews right now on Google. On Google, eight hundred, and this guy's like, I read all seven hundred and ninety-eight of your reviews. That I'm should like, scare you, by the way. <laughs> I was really taken back, and I said, I said, so I'm guessing they were good because you're here. He said, the only ones that, you know, you got shafted on were the insurance questions. Yeah. I'm like, good. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's fine with me. Because I think people are smart enough to understand, like, there's confusion with insurance. Yeah. And, we, we, you know, we don't, we're not really heavily embedded with that. But the, the ideal thing is, is the guy came to us because other people said we were a safe place. We were a good place. They liked us. They liked our team. So it's just like you ask your neighbor, Hey, you know, where's a good place to eat, get French cuisine. Oh man, there's this great place down the street. You're going to go yeah. because they told you that, you know, I, um, along the, the point of reputation, I don't think we need all five star reviews. No, I think it actually helps Absolutely. to have a few negative reviews. Yeah. And it, it coming back to my time in Paris, I had somebody that had a one-star review on this Italian restaurant that I wanted to go to, and I read it, and the guy said the food was great, the experience was great, it was unaffordable. 
Oh yeah, well, and I was like, great, no problem. Not perfect. not great, perfect but I said, <laughs> I said that's not a problem for me. Okay, right. so I said the person said the food was great, this was great, but I didn't get as much food as I wanted for the dollar amount. Right. So okay, no problem. I'll just buy two dishes if I have to. If I just want good food, I want a good environment, and whatever. Okay, I mean, I'm on my anniversary trip, so I think sometimes, like I have a few bad reviews of patients complaining about, hey, he didn't work with me to make the financing happen. Right. They, they didn't weren't willing to finance. You know, and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's okay to have some patients say I didn't get the result I wanted because I think that's that's more reality. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to get everybody happy. Well, and it also helps us to be better dentists. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you don't know what you don't know, this is a good way for you to figure it out. And there's some actually there's some very interesting things on the market softwares and things that are coming out that help you figure that out without having to get reviews. But that's a whole other topic. Right. So reputation to me super important. And then. Um, one of the things I'd like to say externally, mm-hmm. uh, before, before you know, before, hey, we're talking about again. I'm sitting here with Dr. Christian Yeast. We're talking about the things we've got to have in place before we start marketing. And if you're doing marketing now and you don't have these things we've been talking about, press pause because you're wasting your money. Right. Okay. And you may say to me, "Hey, I'm not. I'm getting results." I'm like, "Well, then you're not getting the best results. You're not getting what you could be getting." Okay. And we're talking about, we talked about those internal things we've got to do within our office. And to now we're starting to talk about the external things. And the first thing we mentioned was reputation. And I want to combine two things now. And I think part of what we got to have before externally, before we get ready to market is we got to have good patient stories and before and afters. Right. In other words, we need, and we don't need hundreds. At the end of the day, you need two or three good stories. Mm-hmm. And, and I think before and afters, are good, they're not great. The really what people want, other people want to hear that there's other people like me that have gone and feel the same things I feel. They found you and they achieved their goal. The hero is not the dentist. The hero is the patient. Is the, patient. the dentist is just the guide right. to come back to the, the framework, correct? Right. The dentist is the guide. Like so often we start marketing my skills mm-hmm. and my degrees. It's not about you. It's, dude, it's, I'm just happy to help you get there. Right. I want you to be the gold medalist on the panel, all shiny and proud of your white smile or being able to chew whatever it is. And everything is about making me the person that helps you get Right to where you want to get to. And I think before and afters are good. They're the minimum. But I think it's really about getting a few patients that really exude that journey that the patients are going through. I can't agree more to you with that. We've been doing cosmetic imaging before it was easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it was really, really hard to do. And we have sold hundreds of thousands of dollars of cosmetic dentistry because of that. Because the patient saw what their smile could look like or they went on the internet and they saw pictures of people that look just like them yeah. that like hey that's me so then they have that that feeling that okay well if he can help this person then i'm fixable too so i agree a thousand percent and there, there's no excuse not to be doing it because if you're not the guy down the street is and it's so easy i don't even do it anymore i have a team member that can literally take a smile on someone that's Eh, not so great and turn that thing around in about five minutes yeah. and she does goes to my computer and knocks it out and then we hand it to the patient and like wow that's incredible you could do that and we go yeah we could do that so have patient stories 
which are some some form of imaging, some before and afters. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if you don't have a camera and you start marketing for these types of cases, it's a little problematic probably. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and and then I would say that you got to have video stories yeah. of your patients. You got to have not your patients just saying, hey, this is a great place, but your patients saying, hey, before I came to Dr. Yace's office, I was embarrassed in my smile. I was afraid to go out in public. And I just didn't know what to do. Right. But when I found him, he helped me chew better, function better, and live a better life. I think, I mean, and you know the value of this. Video is so important. Um, audio is important, but video, you can't lie in a video. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you can see what's happening. And how hard is it to whip out your smartphone these days? Yeah. There's absolutely we no We don't excuse. have to complicate this. No. You can whip out a smartphone. If a patient, I've told my team this a million times. I don't care where they're at, hygiene, they're at the front desk, whatever. That patient starts to say, like, wow, this was amazing today. Whoa, hold up. Let me whip out my smartphone. Yeah. Can I take a, a video of you while you're saying this? I mean, and you can be more sophisticated, and you can hire people to come into your practice, and you can spend tons of money. But if you use even the most simple form of video, whether it's on your website or developing a YouTube channel or something like that, that is so powerful. Yeah. And that, uh, again, is just one more of those things. That see, it, it adds to your reputation. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, look at the people he helped. And here's the video. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one -on -one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Yeah. So I want to make sure I'm not confusing people on this, okay. okay, or overwhelming them. Right. I'm not saying you need hundreds. No. I'm just saying before you start marketing for beyond general dentistry, okay? Build, build the foundation. Make sure you have four or five good before and afters, and make sure you have two or three good patient videos of patients talking about not you, the dentist, right. but talking about themselves. Yeah. What they Sharing felt. 
what got them here and how their how your dentistry helped them feel better. Right. That's it. it. They don't need to say I'm great. They don't need to say anything about my credentials. They don't need to say anything about the way he adjusted my teeth. I could tell he was an artist. <laughs> I don't need any of that BS, okay? Just tell me how you felt before you came in, right. what took you so long to get this done, and what the result of our treatment has been for you. And there's actually, and you may have this too, but I have a framework that we use in our office that has, I think, six questions mm-hmm. to ask clients, just to get them to start to talk. Because sometimes it's uncomfortable if somebody yeah. whips out a camera and you've got some things, and I'd be happy to pass along to you yeah. what we use. But uh, that's a, a really easy tool that you can share with your team that costs nothing and you can immediately, within a, a week, you could have a half a dozen yeah. little videos. So just a few and, and kind of get going. Right. All right, the last thing on external, and I know it's a big one, okay? It's huge. So I don't want <laughs> to get in the weeds on this because we'll right. kind of go through this a little bit later in, in part three. But the last thing that you got to have in place uh, internal, uh, externally before you start marketing is a website. Right. Talk to us about that, Christian. And it's not just any website. So yeah. back in the day when you first created your mm-hmm. first website. Yeah, on Microsoft front page. <laughs> right. And it was pretty unsophisticated. It was just basically a place where people would go. It's a postcard. It was it, a brochure. Yeah, a brochure. So it's an online brochure. Today, a website needs to be interactive. It actually needs to work. So It, it needs, needs to be educational. Educational conversion mm-hmm. is super important. There's all these little bits and pieces. And the confusing thing, I think, to dentists is because... I've had patients or, or uh, companies come to me every year too. Like, we need to redo your website. Oh, your website doesn't have this mm. and it doesn't have that. So it's a learning process too. People in that industry are learning what works. And we are actually, as we get farther and farther along, as we use the internet, we start using it differently. So what we used to look at isn't what we look at anymore. And how we interact with the technology that's there changes for all these crazy reasons. But the website is key, and it has to be done properly to get you the results that you're looking for. And your website needs to actually market the services. I I laugh because I had a dentist reach out to me on on Facebook Messenger, which I love when people reach out to me. And he said, hey, man, I'm not doing as many implants cases as I would like. And I said, tell me your website address. I went to his website, and nowhere on his website did it even say (laughs) implant (laughs) implant dentistry. And he goes, goes, I want to do more, and my ads aren't working. I'm like, well, if I respond to your ad, the first place I'm going to go to is I'm going to go to your website, okay? And then I'm going to go to your website, and if your website doesn't say you do dental implants... I mean, that's problematic, Yeah, you know? So, so having a good, and that doesn't mean tens of thousands of dollars. No. Does, in fact, you can have a one-page website that's geared towards the one product you want to do. You can have a microsite or a landing page that's about that. And, and you just need to make sure that your web presence is more than a brochure, okay? Your web presence actually talks about the things that you're marketing for and that your web presence helps educate your patient. So I'd like to give them a clear example of this, okay? Let's say you're marketing implant dentistry. Your website shouldn't, at a minimum, it should have a page that says we do implants, okay? Maybe that's all it says, we do implants, okay? (laughs) But ideally, it should go into the different types of implants. I don't mean like XYZ company versus, I'm talking about there's single tooth implants, there's multiple missing teeth implants, and then there's 
edentulous implants. Right. And then we need to have a little bit of education about each of those. Mm -hmm. And then we need to have maybe the opportunity for a patient to dive in deeper. Because the longer somebody spends at your site, the more interested we know those people are. Right. You, know? you need to have good content. And um, I just recently heard this, that it's not, you know, we all think that pictures are so mm -hmm. important, and they are. But what's more important than a beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, artistic website, which that's nice. But if they go to your website and they don't know what you're selling, mm -hmm. okay, they don't know what it is that you're doing, you've lost them. So words are super important. Content is important. Words matter. Words definitely matter. Yeah. And people aren't going to read through the entire website, m maybe. But you need to have, your website needs to be clear on what it is you're selling. Last night, I talked to a gentleman who's a dentist in L.A. Just the sweetest, nicest dentist I think I've ever talked Couldn't to. Couldn't have been me. It wasn't you. <laughs> um, and he wants to get into this. And he was asking me some questions about marketing. And I went to his website. Well, first I went and Googled him. And his reputation, eh, needs some work. I went to his website, and there's this picture of his office. And it's beautiful. And I said, you have a beautiful office. But he's missing the boat because he doesn't have a picture of somebody Well, he's making there. himself as the hero. Yeah. He's, he's the hero, and it's unclear if I'm looking at it. You know, if the caveman can't tell what it is you're selling, then you've missed the In boat. In five seconds. Right. You have to be able to get that guy to go, this is a dentist. He sells implants. He can help me. Boom. And, and if you're not conveying that message, you've missed the boat. Yeah, all these fancy <clears throat> words, all these things, it's, it's, not, it's not necessary. Right. You know, it's just not necessary. So to kind of wrap up this episode, I know we went a little long. I always say I'm not going to gang, but I always <laughs> do. I think this was an important conversation. We were, for the most part, we were very straight to the point. What we talked about today is what do you need to be doing and what do you need to have in place before you start marketing? Right. We broke it down into two categories. We talked about the internal and we talked about the external. On the internal side, we talked about making sure that you have the clinical foundation and tools in place. We made sure that you had clarity of your messaging. We made sure that your team was on board of what you're putting out there and how they're going to handle these patients. We talked about having your budget determined and how long you're going to have for a ramp-up period so that you're in it for the medium term. We talked about having financials in place so that your patients can afford the type of dentistry that you're doing. We talked about having your scheduling in place so that you knew what to do with these patients when they're coming in, not just from the end of the consultation, but also from the end of when we're going to do the dentistry and all the things that it takes to have in place for that. And then we focused on the external side of things. On the external side of things, we talked about making sure that we have a reputation uh, so that or understanding what our reputation is so that when we market maybe we have to market against the reputation that exists mm -hmm. right so we have to understand our reputation we have to put the systems in place or the things in place to enhance our reputation and when we say reputation we're very specifically talking about google Right. Okay, I mean, all the other ones are good but google is everything okay, yeah. okay? so we want to make sure that you're on google and then we talked about having some patient before and afters and having some patient video stories where they don't talk about how great the dentist is, but they talk about their problem, what took them so long, and what the outcome of the service that you provided them, how it changed their life. Okay? And then we talked about having a website in place 
that was clear, simple, very direct, that answered the questions that patients were looking for, and that directed your patient to a next step to the conversion, whether that's a contact form, whether that's a chat service, whether that's a phone call, whatever it is, you had a website that was no longer just an online brochure, but was a living, dynamic, breathing way for your patients to actually get the information they need. And so again, I'll say it and I'll say it again over and over to you listening. 80% of us do marketing and we have no business doing it. And that includes me. So let's get our act together. Let's press the pause button. Let's walk through what we talked about. Check off the list. Make a list of what you need to do to get these things in order and then your money will work even better for you because otherwise you're just wasting your money. I want to back it up because here's what I'm hearing. Not even hearing. Here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that I want to take my practice to another level. I'm to a certain degree, you know, I'm getting one a here case here, there out of my practice, out of what I'm already doing, but I really want to take it to another level. I'm unbelievably confused. Okay, I'm scared, scared to death of getting ripped off. I'm frustrated and I don't even know where to start. So I kind of give up or worse is I trust somebody. They say, give it two or three months. I spend three, four, five thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I've got nothing to say with nothing to show for it. And then I go to another company and do the same thing over and over again. Are you are you do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Absolutely. I've been through all of that. So. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, how, how can we help dentists get better results with marketing? Let's talk about it because yeah. it needs to be talked about. So real quick, before we get going, um, I think it's very important for our listeners to understand you're not a marketing company. No. You're not a marketer. In fact, I would argue that you don't do all your marketing yourself. Mm-mm. But you serve, and what your goal is to serve as an advisor to dentists to get a better understanding of what marketing is working and what they should be understanding for marketing. True. I am a marketer, though, and okay. so are you. Because we all sure. are. Everything is marketing. I, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, we're, that's fair. we're marketing all day long. Yeah, you know. Um, and we need to be aware of that as dentists, that everything we do sends a message to our clients, our potential clients, our team. So... I am a marketer, but I don't, you know, back in the day when Facebook first came out, did I play around on Facebook and try to create ads and things like that? Of course. Do I do that now? Absolutely not. Because there are other people that are experts in there and the, the game has changed. Yeah. So yeah, marketing's a, a big confusing area that causes a lot of frustration for a lot of dentists, including me and you. And I think if we can give them a little bit more just some things to think about mm-hmm. and know like how to, how to approach this, that that will be some value for them. You know, I think um, where I've struggled in marketing is that I haven't been clear to myself about what it is I'm trying to accomplish with the marketing. Mm-hmm. I haven't been clear about how marketing works or how marketing has changed. So has marketing changed in the last 15 years? Yes. Like be more specific dramatically. I mean, because we have the old traditional marketing and now we have digital marketing. So two completely different things, but they work together. So we had some discussion about this 
previously and it's about how to use both of those entities to help you so you're building kind of this um it, it works together mm -hmm. to get the type of patients that you want into your practice how about this statement most dentists many dentists believe that marketing doesn't work because they have no business marketing in the first place true so what you were saying about being clear and the most important thing I think we can agree on is the very first thing that a dentist needs to do is decide what is their message and who are they so what are you and who are you and what do you represent and how do you want that to look to the public so it's really important to know who you are and what you want to do I mean who is your audience Who's your demographic? Define that first. Anybody that's willing to pay. Yeah, well, there's lots of different fish out there. And, and one guy told me a long time ago, uh, in fact, he was working with Paul Homley at the time, and mm -hmm. he said, it's just, a big, it's just a big pond. So what's the fish that you want to catch? Do you want to catch minnows? Do you want to catch trout? Do you want to catch perch? Who is that person? Define that person and then go fishing for them and use the right bait and use the right pole and use the right tools to get that person into your practice. So here's what I'm hearing from you. Marketing for general dentistry isn't the same as marketing for let's use full arch dentistry. Correct. Completely Are they completely different. different? Absolutely. Even though it's still Facebook ads or Google AdWords or websites or any of these things, all those things are still the same, but the messaging the, the funnel, this word that nobody can really explain to me right. of, of what it is or pl explain to others what it is, all of that is completely different. Two different fish. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to have the right, uh, the right tools. You have to have the right bait. And there's certain things that, obviously, you have to have set up before you spend a dime mm -hmm. on your marketing budget. So before you determine what your marketing budget is, have these other things set into place. And then when it comes to budget... I hear so many things. I hear, oh, I spent $100 on a Facebook ad and I got 100 new patients. Mm -hmm. Or I, see, I hear, hey, I spent $5,000 last month and I got two cases. Yeah. There's two totally different things. Yeah. And what you're spending, what you're spending and what your patient, your new patient acquisition, so your, the fee that you pay for that new patient, what that patient is worth to your practice has to be considerably higher than that. Yeah. So what you spend to attract someone to your practice that's going to spend $40,000 is going to be a lot more sometimes than what you're going to use to attract someone who's going to become a great patient and go into hygiene and have some fillings yeah. done. And then, you know, but the revenue that that individual generates in the beginning is going to be far less than that, that big fish. Right. And do you think that too many people are chasing the big fish right now and not chasing the regular fish? I think there's just a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. And think, when you say noise, what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, we're all creating that. I love the analogy that uh, it's in the book that, you know, we both have, have read about when we're marketing, when we're sending information out to people through all these different channels, whether it's radio, television, um, print ads, direct mail, digitally, it's really just noise. And our job is to get that to make music so that it's not just a bunch of random notes that it actually resonates with the individual that's either looking or hearing and they go, yes, this is this, this person has what I want. 
because all the messages that we hear all day long were bombarded with this noise, quote unquote. And we have to define, subconsciously, we have to determine what are we going to listen to and what are we going to put to the side. And, you know, everybody wants to survive and we have these basic instincts that help us determine, like, this is important for me to hear and this isn't, so I'm not going to listen to this. Okay. So what do we do? I mean, you know, I'm I'm at a point, look, I'm selfish in, in this, okay? I'm at a point in my practice where we're doing one or two full arch implant cases a month. We're doing you know, a big case here and there. We're doing a lot of decent amount of quadrant dentistry. Mm-hmm. We're doing a decent amount of sleep patients from within the practice. I've got some people that are coming from referrals from physicians, you know, and we're doing good numbers. But I'm not happy with that because I know I love doing that stuff so much that I know that there's this whole untapped market right. that people don't even know what services our profession can offer and much less what I can offer. Right. And what I want to do is I want to tap into that, but I don't want to be taken to the cleaners sure. by these companies or companies that use me as the experiment that say they know how things work, but they don't. And so I want to get, I want to help dentists get some level of clearness, some level of clarity on what it takes before you start marketing? Well, you've done the first thing, which is define what fulfills you. Mm -hmm. So you get fulfillment out of these more complicated cases. That's what you're interested in is using the technology that's available to us now to really help patients, you know, touch these newer procedures out there. And, um, you know, that's what fulfills you. That's what fulfills me too. I mean, that's where I'm interested. I'm done spinning a burr and taking decay out of teeth. I mean, I, I'll do it, but it doesn't really, it's not what gets me up in the morning. I got tired of that about two years out of dental school. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us did. But so many <clears throat> of us keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're, what I'm, that's what my message is overall to dentists is our profession is so wide. We have the ability to cast such a large net. And then the key is that we can't keep casting that large net. At some point, we have to find the one, two, three things, and we have to start niching down a little bit. Right. Now, in the early, the mid, mid to late 2000s, the concept of a niche practice was very different than what I'm saying today. Right. You know, you could niche a practice in the mid 2000s and literally build a practice doing one or two procedures. And that's still possible today, but what we found out, what I found out in the mid-2000s was that when you do that, when you build your business around a practice that literally provides one or two procedures, you leave yourself susceptible to market changes and conditions. Right. And I experienced that in 2008, 2009. And so my message today to people is build a business or a practice that casts a wide net. Mm-hmm. You as the owner doctor start da- dialing in to what you like, but don't discard oh, yeah. the patients that got you there. Instead, bring in a partner dentist, bring in an associate dentist, bring in locum <laughs> dentist. Whatever. I, mean, I don't believe in locum dentist for that, but bring in somebody else to continue that. So if things were to ever hit the fan, right. you still have something to fall back on. Yeah, I think you have to have multiple niches and you have to have a broad niche our broad niche is we see adults so we're an adult dental care facility 
And that's what we would say is our broad niche. Inside that are dental implants, sedation dentistry, so mm -hmm. reaching out to people that have fear issues and phobia issues and anxiety issues, and then cosmetics. But we also do everything else that a general practice would do. So, yes, you can come here and get your teeth cleaned. Yes, you can get fillings done. Yes, you can have, you know, teeth whitening or whatever it is. But those other things are how we market. So currently, we don't, because of the broad spectrum of uh, services that you and I both offer, you really have to find out, like, what is going to be the most cost-effective way for me to spend my marketing dollars and then bring that revenue back in. And typically, for me, it's been marketing the my niches. Like, I don't think we should have to market general dentistry anymore. Right. You just want to let people know you do it. Yeah. Because then if you niche too much, I have patients come in sometimes they go like, where did you, how, I ask them, how did you get here? And they say, well, my dentist doesn't do cosmetic dentistry. And I kind of laugh. Well, I'm sure they do. I'm like, oh, they do. Yeah. If they knew they were, you were here, they wouldn't be happy. But they, the dentist isn't, isn't saying that I do this. So they're not communicating that. And then sometimes we communicate that we only do this. I mean, the patient's yeah. fine. Like, well, I'm here. Well, where do I get my teeth clean? Well, we have a full service hygiene yeah. department. Oh, I thought all you did was veneers or yeah. I thought all you did was cosmetic dentistry. So again, it goes to, is that important for dentists to address that we are a general practice from a legal standpoint? No, I say no, no, no. I'm talking about from the marketing perspective. I think so. I think because people want a home. Yeah. So, you know, they want you to do their cosmetic dentistry. They want you to be the expert. They want you to feel good about, mm -hmm. they want to feel good about you, what you did. And then they want to stick around and you want them to, I mean, Basically, we don't want people to leave out the back door. We want to keep people in our practice because hygiene is a whole other business within itself. And keeping that hygiene department running, that's a whole other profit center. Well, it's within a lifeblood of a practice. Right. That's how people, once they've done their dentistry, you keep them there. They become referrals. So they refer their friends and their family members. And that's some of the best marketing is word of mouth. You know, the analogy I just thought of is, uh, imagine I buy XYZ car. I'm going to use Mercedes in this example, okay? I buy a Mercedes, but they don't do oil changes. They yeah. say, I want you to go to Jiffy Loop to get your oil changed. We're here for your big service. Yeah. But when you need oil changes, you need to go somewhere else. Sounds kind of like clear choice, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> Should we pick on them? No, listen, I, I, I believe clear choice has done wonders for our profession. They absolutely have. I believe Smile Direct Club is doing wonders for our profession. Yes. I believe that uh, Extreme Makeover and all, I, I believe anything that creates noise yeah. that we can then convert into music, Yeah. to use your analogy, Love it. is, I think it's great for the profession because at the end of the day, we are not going to serve many of those markets. I'm not. Right. I'm not going to serve the market of somebody that's looking for $2,000 orthodontics. Right. I'm just not going to. But I can take that message and I can literally sell against it by saying, listen, you, if, have you looked into Smile Direct Club, but you're looking for somebody to kind of guide you through this and make it right for you? We can do $99 a month as well. Right. Because there are people out there that they want their hand held. Absolutely. There are people that want to go to, to a clear choice or to a uh, facility where they take all their teeth out and they throw dentures in, and that's all they want. And then there are the people that I want a little bit more than that. I want, the, I want to build a relationship with my doctor. I want to know, 
you know, that my doctor cares about me. I want to keep going back. I want maintenance is important to me. And those are the patients we really want anyway, right? Well, I would argue that our job is to tell the patients that that's even a possibility. Right. That we can provide the services that they provide. But in addition to that, we can also maintain you. We can provide your oil changes. We can provide, you know, for your family. We can provide for your wife. We can provide for your husband. We can provide for your children. Mm-hmm. Because these patients that get some of these niche procedures done, they're typically... <laughs> Family, they you know they have family. Right? Oh yeah, and, and and friends and and friends, right? So we we want to be able to take care of them. Yeah. So here's our goal in our marketing segments that we're going to do, Christian. We're going to talk about two specific things to help dentists get clear. Number one, what should you be doing before you even start marketing? So in other words, if you've started marketing and you haven't listened to this episode or thought about these things, you might want to consider put the brakes on. Press pause. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then the second thing we're going to talk about is we're going to walk through what the purpose of marketing is by taking a 30,000 foot view of the marketing framework. Right. Okay. In other words, what is the purpose of marketing? What's happening? How is everything moving through the quote unquote, the funnel? to help our patients, help to achieve qualified leads. Because too often as dentists, what we're doing is we're looking at, hey, I do an ad, I sell dentistry. Right. Okay. And there's so much more in between. And we get confused by all the jargon. We get confused by all the the, the marketing talk and the fancy words. And I think it's super important for dentists to understand on a very simplistic level, on a very clear level, what kind of happening so that you can have a good conversation with your marketing person right? and you can ask the right questions. And so we can make a determination. Is this the right person for me? Right. How's that sound to you? That sounds awesome. All right. So let's, let's kind of get that started. Let's roll. So kind of, let's get a recap of, uh, for, for, for you listening is, you know, it's timely to me that we're talking about marketing because it's one of my goals for 2019 is to do more marketing, get on board with marketing. Because quite frankly, I spent the first 18 years of my practice doing what I would consider minimal marketing and certainly zero complex or advanced marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. By that, I mean the fancy marketing. Okay. Right. Um, and, and so we talked about the things that we need to be doing before we market the internal things, the external things. Uh, we introduced a website for those of us that missed that episode, go back and read it. Uh, but those of us that want to go back through the checklist, just visit dentalmarketingframework.com. You can download the checklist, uh, and that way you can kind of make sure that you're, you're in, in line with what you're doing. And what I want to do this week with you, Christian, is I want to kind of dive into the purpose of marketing, okay? Kind of how how it works, how patients kind of funnel through mm-hmm. the marketing. And I want to begin, uh, and, and back up, I want to kind of go through the funnel of marketing and what my goal is, is I'm not trying to be super specific, like these are the tactics and these are these things. I'm really trying to get dentists to just understand what your marketing people should be doing right. so that you can have a conversation with them. And then you can weed out who you should be listening to and not listening to by asking questions or using jargon or words 
uh, that they understand. Right. Okay. And there are way more sophisticated ways to do this. There are way simpler ways to do it. But I think we've, I boiled it down into something that should make sense for most dentists. Okay. Now, I want to begin by saying that the word marketing is an all-encompassing thing. Right. Marketing to me versus advertising. Right. Okay. Marketing is getting using your advertising to get our patient to do treatment. That is marketing. Marketing is the ads that we do to the outcome that we want. That is marketing. Mm -hmm. And too often, at least, you know, I'm going on my experience. What we focused on is, hey, I'm doing the advertising and there there's a direct response at patients. I send out an ad. I send out a mailer, I do a Google ad, I do a Facebook, people see my ad, they pick up the phone, they call, and the truth is it doesn't work that way, does it? No. No, no, <laughs> right, it doesn't, okay? So I, I want to introduce the marketing framework, right. okay? And let's start, with, um, let's start with the advertising, okay? Uh, and there's two types of advertising. There's digital advertising and there's analog or traditional advertising. Right. Let's tackle traditional advertising. Okay. Well, in the days of, you know, when we first started, mm -hmm. did, did you ever have the yellow page guy come by? I, I mean, did. You know, the good news is I never, ever marketed in the yellow pages. Really? I didn't either. Yeah. I couldn't afford the ad, the full yeah. page ad. And if I couldn't be on page one, it could be a full page ad. I thought, no, I don't want to do it. So, well, your last um, name is Yeast, so there's a problem you know, there. It was, it was. Uh, so we have the traditional, which is our print, our radio, our television. And that's what most dentists think of when they think of advertising. And now we have the digital, which is the Google, the mm -hmm. Facebook, the Instagram, YouTube. Um, you've got AdWords and SEO. And I'll, I'll make this distinction between those two. They're all, they're all good ways for us to do advertising. Mm -hmm. But the thing I like about the digital world is that it's measurable. Okay. And measurable is super important these days because that's how we know how much we're spending. So it goes back to the budgeting and how much, and, and how can we track things and change our game if our game isn't working. With traditional advertising, you it's very difficult. I mean, you can track it, but it's definitely not as easy to do right. as digital. So <clears throat> let me ask you this. Are we at a point where traditional marketing or traditional advertising is dead for dentists? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't. I think there's plenty of things that they work together. It's almost like they hold hands, and that's when a patient, because we're bombarded again by all the noise out there, when the patient hears an ad on the radio and then sees you on television and goes to a website or does any one of those things in any order, they all work together to build your story and build credibility. So. I think it's important to have those other things too. Okay. So when we say traditional advertising, we're essentially talking about radio, mm -hmm. print, and print means magazine ads, newspaper ads, direct mail. and or direct mail. Right. Okay. And then we're also talking about TV. Okay. Mm -hmm. And TV can be long format or short format or uh, commercials. Yeah. Okay. So... Pretty much, pretty straightforward. My personal opinion is I've never done any TV advertising. Have you? Yes. Has it worked? Yes. It can be very effective, but then it can also be ineffective because okay. if you're not in front of your target audience right. at the right time, then you're sending out this giant blanket message that nobody ever heard. 
So that's where, again, I, I tend to be more inclined to like the digital side okay. of marketing because now I can sp- be very specific about who's going to hear my message, who I'm targeting, who those, what those people, where I'm going to put those people, mm-hmm. and I can direct traffic. Sure. Whereas it's really hard to do that in the traditional sense. But the, the traditional marketing, obviously, yeah. it does work. And there are people that do it very effectively. I'm still doing traditional marketing. So yeah. uh, we're doing print, print advertising. Uh, what we're doing, and this is year three of doing it, is we put out a 12-page uh, practice brochure, essentially. It's a magazine. Uh, and we distribute it through grocery stores, and we distribute it through direct mail. And our targeting in each of those is the grocery stores we choose are typically grocery stores that higher-end grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but then they, they all sell milk, okay? <laughs> but right. but higher-end grocery stores. And our targeting on the mail are uh, zip codes or uh, or neighborhoods with a certain income level or higher. Sure. Okay. So look, we're we're missing some. I know that, but my experience has been uh, that it has worked extremely well for us. Okay? And, and it's part of it is you're measuring. So if you're as long as you're measuring that and it's yeah. working and you're getting the ROI that you need to get, then continue to do what works. And here's why I think it's working better than postcards per se is it's a 12-page magazine. Mm-hmm. And what I believe to be true is that the person reading that is serious. Okay? It's not, it's not, it's, 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 it's getting read more. It's, it's an opportunity to provide more information, to market more services in depth mm-hmm. than just a postcard. I'm not saying postcards don't work. Uh, and then I haven't done any radio advertising in many years. I don't listen to the radio personally. I don't watch TV personally. Mm-hmm. So I don't participate in marketing, which I think is wrong, by the way, on my end. But I don't market. <laughs> I was just going to say. That's wrong. But do your patients right, watch but TV? My patients and... do, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, are you still doing all three forms of traditional marketing? Um, just recently, we we discontinued our television uh, advertising and because and part of that's because we're finding that we found the sweet spot on radio mm-hmm. and so we're just riding a wave right now um, but I have done all of those and I don't do I haven't done any print recently but yeah. um, you know it's it's still trying to figure this whole thing out fortunately I have really good people that we work with that are helping me to get this, you know, accomplished. You know, you said something that I know what the dentist is thinking. Can you just give me the name of those people? <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually do that. I know. And I get so. that. But see, my whole point is that's not what we, that's, that's not the right answer. It's not like you have a magic person. What's happening is you're understanding. And that's what last week's episode and this week's episode is really about. It's about being more effective in your marketing by understanding what your marketing is trying to do and what it's going through. Okay. So now let's move on to the digital world. Okay. okay? Because, and we could be here for hours talking about this, but let's boil it down. Okay. Okay. So in the way I look at it on the digital side, there's essentially three things. Okay. There's SEO. In other words, how you rank in search engines, basically Google. Then there's social media. And social media to me is 
Facebook marketing, Instagram market, Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, LinkedIn advertising, and YouTube advertising. Mm-hmm. Those are, I mean, I know the Snapchat and other things, sure. but essentially those are the main players. And Facebook and Instagram are connected. Right. And then there's Google AdWords, pay per clicks, mm-hmm. where you pay Google to display your ad. Uh, or your text ad up top. So right. talk to us a little bit more, a little bit more in detail about some of those things. Uh, well, I think they're all important, and to varying degrees. And how much you have to spend on each one of those platforms varies. So you can spend. One of the other things that's really nice is with digital marketing, because it's trackable and because it's less expensive than traditional marketing. It allows some dentists that may not have a budget to do a television ad or to you know, have a radio campaign to get into to marketing very cost effectively. Mm-hmm. And that will, um, what well, allows you to shut it off quickly or pivot quickly and change the ads. Right. Right. And you can, you can move based on what people are responding to. So, I mean, the, everything you said is true. Um, would you agree that SEO is the hardest of all of those or the, and the most, uh, the most kind of like I, I call it like this this thing. It's like CR. Yeah. It's this thing that I've heard about but never found. Right. I don't think anybody understands SEO. I mean, I know experts that don't always understand SEO because we don't write the rules for it. The rules are written by and the rules the are purposely guys. changed. Yeah. So algorithms and things determine what that is. So for someone to come in and say like I'm an SEO expert this week, sure. what about next week? So so would you say? If I came to you, Christian, and I said, hey, I've got a budget of $1,000, $1,500, $2,000, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that I want to spend on digital marketing, would you tell me to put my money into SEO services, or would you tell me to put my money into direct response through social media and AdWords? Well, I think it depends on what you're fishing for again. So depending on what I want to do more person, implant cases. Okay. So to find out where that... that uh, individual that demographic is at what's working for us in particular is AdWords. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a limit to how much money you can. Or actually, there's no limit. I mean, mm-hmm. you could throw a hundred thousand dollars a month in AdWords, which would be ridiculous. But if you're working with the right people, they can determine what is working, like what budget you need to have. Mm-hmm. And if you're working with someone that's really honest, like the people that I'm working with, they'll tell you, like, listen, don't spend another dime on AdWords this month it's gone way up or it's gone way down or pay-per-click is, you know, you're having much more success over here. So I definitely think that AdWords are, is important. SEO is one of those things where it's going to work based on the, the structure of your website and how things organically kind of come mm-hmm. together. But AdWords creates SEO. So I just find that SEO takes forever. It's, it's and it's, it's moving target you, that you never hit. You can, you can touch SEO. You can actually, monitor and you can manipulate that but it has to be one of the easiest ways to do that is through adwords Mm -hmm. so not to get too deep into this for the dentists that that are kind of like this is greek to them Mm -hmm. but finding the the most important thing is to find somebody that understands this that you can trust that isn't going to rake you over the coals and then work with that person and then start to educate yourself over time are you know the the individual that I work with I meet with them every 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. I do it over the phone. It's very important for a dentist if they're going to market to commit to okay, I'm going to spend some of my time doing this. Like I'm going to devote some time to understand what what I'm 
my marketing. And if you have zero interest in that, then at least get a spouse or somebody else mm-hmm. in your practice. But you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to probably learn some things. It's not the digital world is much different than having a television right. or a radio campaign or something. All like right. That. So now we've talked about the different things and my goal isn't to answer like people say, which one should I, sp- sure. I, look, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, you, you just got to throw money at it and see. You got to work with experts and figure it out. Got to work but, with the experts. That's yeah. the that's but they're the all experts. Listen, I get. I can't tell you how many LinkedIn requests I get <laughs> that say I will get you ten new patients. Don't how would, listen to how those. How would ten new patients sound next month if I listen to? I got I got twenty of them just last month. That's two thousand. That's two hundred patients, right? Right. They're all promising me. They're all promising me. You know. So so you have to be a little bit careful. You I, do. I don't look. I've tried this do-it-yourself thing where I've tried to run my Facebook ads. It's it's I, I don't know. It's I don't frustrating. Know. It's it's. It's it's too much. Yeah, it's not. It's it's just not. I'm not. I'm not interested in. Dab- I'm not in the startup phase where I got time and I'm interested in dabbling in it. Right. And saving a few hundred bucks doesn't 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 seem to interest me very much. But I really want to get into what what I want people to understand is the advertising, traditional or digital. Right. Okay. No matter what form you use, the purpose of that is to get a response from your patient. And typically what has happened in the past is you hope that your patient picks up the phone and calls you, okay? But today, mostly what all this advertising is doing, especially on the digital side, it's driving people to your website. Yes. Okay? So let's understand that for our listeners. The purpose of advertising, especially on the digital side, is to drive people to your home base, because your home base, your website, you control. Mm-hmm. You control the experience. You ex- control what your patient sees. You control when they leave, how they leave. You control what they capture. You control any number of things and all the things that you can change there very quickly. So everything is designed to get people to your home base, which is your website. As long as your home base is doing its job. So well, the most important thing is yeah. to have a website that does its job properly. But your, I mean, your advertising could lead them. I mean, they could pick up the phone and call you, and that would be great. Sure, but that's that's far and few between now. Right. So they're always going to check you out. Mm-hmm. We talked about reputation in one of the other episodes. We talked about web website, but the website really is that's your home, that's your office, that's your digital office. So understanding it doesn't work exactly like your office does. So you may not want people to see the same types of things. But how important is it? People invest a lot of money in their office mm-hmm. sometimes to send the right message. That's not that you have to invest a lot of money, but you should make sure that your website is has the right message. Yeah, it. and so now when we refer our page, when we when the the advertising that we do brings people to our website, it doesn't bring them to our quote unquote homepage of our website. Right. Okay, and the reason I say that is your homepage essentially tells your patient all the different things you do. And your advertising was often very, again, when we spoke about advertising in the context of what I'm talking about, we're talking about dentists that are interested in marketing specific services. Hey, I want to do more implants. Hey, I want to do more sleep. Hey, I want to do more Invisalign or liner therapy. Hey, I want to do more cosmetic dentistry. That advertising is very different than the person that says, I just need new patients. Okay. I'm not speaking to the people that just say, I need new patients. I'm speaking to the people that say, hey, I need more of these specific things. Right. Procedural marketing. Procedural. Right. The niche. Right. Okay. So we don't want to just drive them to RaleighDentalArts.com. Okay. Because then the patient has to figure out where to go and what to look for. We want to drive them to what's known as a landing page 
on our website. And essentially what a landing page is, is a landing page could be its own website name that's a specific site, or a landing page can be any specific site that already exists on your website. Correct. Okay. So what I mean by that is if you're marketing dental implants, you don't send patients to your homepage and you don't send patients to your Invisalign page. Right. You send patients to a implant landing page. And that landing page can be as simple as your existing page and your website on dental implants, or ideally your web developer or you or whoever or your marketer sets up a page that helps people, helps convert people, a landing page that's truly just a landing page uh, on dental implants. Right. So that goes into the term that confuses everyone, which is the funnel. Term. Yes, the funnel. So the, the idea is you are creating a funnel. You're, you're taking that patient by the hand and you're saying, let me lead you through this process so that you eventually go here, which is what you needed to make the decision to pick up the phone and call me. And so, yeah, that, that funnel, that process can all be mapped out through your website. And through these well, it starts on your website. That's what's most important. Okay, right. your advertising drives people to your website, to your landing page, and here's kind of what the, the the components I believe are of a good landing page. One, it needs to be crystal clear what you provide. We do dental implants, right. okay, uh, or whatever it may be. It needs to have a few before and afters. It needs to have again. We'll use the words you use. It needs to reputate. It has to have reputation, mm-hmm. and reputation is before and afters. Reputation is video testimonials, and reputation is written testimonials. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it needs to have that, and then it needs to have some basic information on the service you provide, what the benefits are to the patient, and then it needs to have a call to action. Yeah. Okay. And what would be a good call to action? Call now. Call now? Okay. <laughs> Buy now. A big okay. button. Um, it, it depends on what exactly I think you're trying to um, to get them to do. So maybe you want them to call you right then. Or maybe you want them to go through a series of emails. You know, maybe you want go, them to watch an online consultation. Absolutely. I mean, could you be, uh, you know, I, we've been playing this for a while. Could you already start the process of determining is this patient going to be qualified yeah. to make that decision and, and more, more or less squeezing that funnel a little bit more and more and more so that your business team, when they answer the phone, they're not wasting time yeah. or they're not wasting the patient's time too. Yeah. So, I mean, a call to action, I think is just, you're encouraging people to do an action. You're saying, do this. Yeah. And you that, have to be direct. Right. And, and it's, it's do this, it's go here. It's, pick up the phone, it's send us an email, it's look at this video, it's whatever you, but obviously we want eventually that person to either walk in the door or, well, better than that, call us and make an appointment, yeah. but, you know. So, so again, our goal of the advertising, whatever medium we use, is get people to the website. More specifically, we want them to get to a specific page on the website, and that specific page should very clearly define what we do. Uh, have reputation, which is before and afters, video testimonials, written testimonials, and it should have some information about the procedure, and it should have a call to action. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and this is where I'm not an expert, the call to action should be, hey, are you ready and want more information? 
let's call us now and let's schedule an, a consultation appointment or hey do you need more information click here to learn more about this procedure mm-hmm. okay it's because some patients want to learn more yeah okay and then we can help them go deeper into our website to learn more about these procedures right okay now one of the things that i know you're big on is that a website needs to be more than a brochure Right. Okay. And yes, we talked about video and we talked about these things, but you also are a big believer in having uh, easy accessibility for your patients to make it easy. So what are some ways that we can make it easy for patients to do our call to action? So interacting in the marketplace now isn't just by phone anymore. So some people prefer to actually chat on the internet. And we've talked about this before. I've, I had done very little of that five years ago. Today, it's unusual if I go to a website and they have a chat, uh, the ability to chat, that I don't take advantage of that because I don't have time to call, mm-hmm. you know, and sit there and go and through the and the press phone. zero yeah. and press one. Right. If I can get somebody's attention right now, and usually that's how they're set up, is like I may have a question. It's just easy to answer. So I think chat is uh, overlooked uh, quite often, especially by dentists. They just don't see the value in it. But I can go into, you know my own personal experience with that is, Mm -hmm. is, is is very important. Um, the email is important. We'll talk about, you know, why is getting email so important? That's like one of the most valuable Mm -hmm. things that we can collect. Absolutely. And, um, you know, even texting, I mean, there's services now that offer you the ability to text. We have a, uh, a digital phone system Mm -hmm. and, you know, patients can actually text us to our phone number. Right. And our it pops right up on the screen, and the whoever's sitting there at the computer goes, okay, and they can answer that text. So people communicate with us differently than they did 20 years ago yeah. when it was just phone. So part of our web, part of our marketing is, mm-hmm. again, we do the ads, drive people to our website, a specific page on our website. We ask for a call to action, but then we need to make sure that it's easy and convenient for, them to for our patients to do that call to action. Right. And what, what I'm hearing from you, the first and you know, the first and most basic thing is give them a phone number. Even better is make it so they can click the phone number because most people are doing this on their mobile phone. Right. Okay. So they click the phone number. They don't have to retype it in. And remember it, they click the phone number, click to call, boom, picks uh, Sally Joe at the front, picks up the phone. Uh, Choice number two traditionally is, Hey, send us an email or contact form. Right. Okay. Of some sort. And what you're saying now is let us make it easy for our patients to communicate digitally because we know we all communicate by text messaging or chatting essentially, which is just a form of text messaging. Right. So have it so that we have some type of web chat service there to where uh, our patient can get their questions answered because a lot of these people, a lot of our patients are actually doing this at work. Right. And they're not going to pick up the phone and have a conversation with you at work. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to do it on the down low and uh, click to chat allows them to do that. Now, if you don't mind, I want to get in the weeds real quick. Okay. Because I'm asking selfishly here. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If I say, because I don't have this chat service on my website and it's something I want to add. It's super easy to add. Yes. Is this something that my team is going to answer? Is this something that a third party is going to do? This is something that, in in my opinion, you have a third party do, and it and it, it's because your team is very busy right now, and that person who's chatting is going to call is going to chat either after hours or during the day when your team is busy, and you want a way to immediately respond. You don't want the patient 
who wants to call. If they call and they get a busy signal, we both know, oh, that's bad. If they chat, boom, someone is right there. And it can't always be your team. So the group that I work with, uh, with chat, these are very highly trained people and they don't have to be, I'm going to say this just really quickly. They don't have to be dental people. In fact, sometimes it's better because they don't have a tendency to, to get in the weeds. Right. So what's important is that they've been trained and they know what responses to give so that they can edify the Mm -hmm. team, edify the doctor, and then get that patient to that right person, to the, to the individual on your team that's going to be able to help them. So the chat service for me, um, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll just say it's, 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 I get hundreds and even thousands of leads over the last few years from our chat service. That just shows me how many people really actually, they'd rather communicate with us like that. They they want convenience. Yeah. I want to go down another thing that we didn't kind of pre pre map out here that just came to my mind. Another thing that I've had very good friends that I trust that they're having success with is the given patients, the ability to schedule online, Mm -hmm. like directly schedule online. Right. And so again, that boils down to making it easy, making it convenient and living in the world your patients live in. So part of your website, you know, again, depending on what level you want to get to could be the ability for your patients to directly schedule. So your patient doesn't in essence ever really have to interact with anybody. We're getting there. I mean, we're not even talking about CRMs, uh, the customer relationship management softwares and things like that. But it's amazing to me some of the platforms that are being uh, built right now in order to make it almost. In fact, I think there's a company that's going to replace front desk. Mm -hmm. Um, That's their goal is we're going to replace your front desk. You're not even going to need a front desk anymore. From the perspective of receptionist. Of answering the phones and yeah, and, and just know, scheduling clients right, and, and all of all that kinds stuff. Of stuff. Yeah. I I'm not convinced that that's best for my business, but you know, I mean, it might well, be for some dentists. Look, at the end of the day, I believe you got to offer things that patients want. Right. Okay. So okay. So again, we, I'm always trying to get back to the basics because we have a tendency to get a little bit in the weeds, and we're not even we're not even getting in the weeds to be quite honest with you. But from what right. I'm hoping to do, I'm trying to keep this pretty simple. Right. We decide what we need to do before we start marketing. We right. talked about that last week, okay? Yeah. Uh, then we decide, hey, we're going to do advertising. We talked about the different channels and mediums that we can do the advertising in. The goal of that advertising is either get people to call and schedule an appointment and or more than likely what they're going to do is they're going to check you out by going to your website. That's the first place they go. And then you want them to go to a very specific page on your website, okay? And then what we want to do is we want to have the fundamentals in place to get a call to action, which is we want them to come in, ultimately. The the call to action, ultimately, is we want you to come in to our right. practice, okay? And then what we just talked about is making it easy for your patients to choose to come in. Click to call, a chat service, a tech service, and even up to the point of allowing people to schedule directly Right. Uh, into your schedule so they never have to interact with human beings. Before we jump to the next thing, you had said something earlier about mobile. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hit on this really quickly. <clears throat> if you want to evaluate if your website is even close to up to date, if you can't, if you go on it on your smartphone and you look your website up and you need a magnifying glass to read it, you're so outdated. You're like, you're like way, way, way outdated. So it's time, like, that's like a big red. Uh, flag should go yeah. up that it's time to consider 
working with someone different or, or it's time to update that website? You know, I had a mobile website before, but what it did was it just shrunk. It didn't shrink to the point where the text was small, but it mm-hmm. shrunk it. But what has to happen, actually, a website on a desktop and a website on your phone the one on your phone should have less pictures and yes. less all of those things. Okay, it should it should it shouldn't just be your desktop website on a phone version. Right. It, it has to actually be coded differently and actually visually right. different, uh, so that because people interact on their phone very differently. The term used to be dynamic when it came yeah. first came or out. responsive. Is, yeah. yeah, they 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 we want the website. It, it's not the same. It's yeah. different. It's because so people yeah. interact differently on a phone than they do on the computer. Yeah, and, on the, on the okay, computer. so now <clears throat> we've done the advertising, we've brought people to our website, we've made it easy for them to schedule with us because that's our goal. Okay, we gave them compelling reasons through before and after patient video testimonials, written testimonials. We made it easy for them to schedule through chat services, tech services, online services, right. old school phone calls, all kinds of stuff. We're making it as easy as possible. And then now what we want to do is we want to take some patients are ready to go. Right. Okay. They're good. They're ready. They boom, they go. But what we're missing is nurturing the ones that are on the fence or that aren't ready. Okay, and this is what most often we refer to as the funnel. Right. Okay, technically our funnel already started. Just so people know, right. it started from the ad, went to the website, went to the call to action, and now we're going to go through and nurture the people. I want to go back for a second. <clears throat> there are two things that we didn't mention that um, websites need to have. One, they need to have Google Analytics on it, so you, or analytics of some sort, so that you can figure out right. how many people come and what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Right. And two, specific to Facebook, they need to have the Facebook Pixel installed, and that's going to come to the funnel part of this. And the Facebook Pixel, in other words, tells Facebook which people and what people and what they did on your website so that they can move them through this funnel that we're going to talk about here uh, differently. Mm-hmm. All right. So... I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to start and then turn it over to you. Okay. On this funnel. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so the purpose of a funnel is to nurture your patient. Right. Or your potential patient. It is to keep you on top of the mind. Okay. And ultimately what you're going to do is you're going to drip another marketing term. Yeah. You're going to drip messages to your patient. And we can talk about the different ways that you can drip it to them, but you're going to drip different messages to them. Now you can read any if you write if you do write in autoresponder drip funnel on the Google, you will have eight hundred thousand people tell you that they have the formula. Yeah. Okay, and they all work. But ultimately, what I'm trying to get people to understand is that uh, the funnel, the nurturing funnel, is about sending patients your information. I call it keeping them top of mind. Okay, and to give them example, I saw your ad for dental implants. It made me respond. I went to your website. I came in for a consultation and I left Mm -hmm. and I didn't do dentistry. Okay, where most offices, mine included. Okay, where we're missing the boat is we're not nurturing these people because somebody said no today doesn't mean they're not ready. Right. They're just not ready today. Right. And in fact, 90% of your patients that do dentistry weren't ready the day you presented it to them. 
So a funnel is designed, okay, or a nurturing campaign is designed to keep you on top of the mind of a patient. So I'm going to use dental implants as an example, okay? Mm -hmm. I came in for the consultation. I heard your information. I said, oh, yeah, this sounds great. I got to think about it, blah, 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 okay? So now I'm going to send our patient, okay? We're going to send them uh, several different messages. One message is just, hey, thank you. Here's what we do. Here what dental implants are. I just want to review kind of our appointment. It's mm -hmm. a pre-made template. Okay, that goes out to the patient. And then some series of days or weeks or months, probably in the day's ballpark, we're going to send them another message that says, hey, I know recently you came in for dental implants, and I wanted you to hear from Mr. Jones and his experience at our office with dental implants and what it did. And then we may have a video testimonial, a written testimonial from them. So you, Christian, get my message about this. And then... A few days later, a few weeks later, you're going to get another uh, email or another something message from me that says, hey, Christian, one of the most common questions we get is how much do implants cost? And really, that's not the right question. What most people are asking is how can I afford it? Right. Okay. So implant dentistry can be anywhere from a few thousand dollars to the cost of a very expensive car, depending on what you choose. Okay. I want you to know these are the different ways we have in place for you to afford them. Okay. Very few of our patients write a check for all of this dentistry at one time. If you're interested, okay, and this comes back to the call to action, each one of these messages should have some type of call to action to it. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the call to action to me on this is, hey, if you're interested in financing, uh, we can help you directly or you can apply here online. Click this button, apply, and then we'll get a message saying that you applied. Okay. And then a few days, a few weeks later, I'll send them another message. And that message in this particular case may address the fear Hey, Christian, you know, I know you've probably done your research and you probably read Google and YouTube and more than likely you saw some of these videos and it scared, scared you to death, right? I want you to know the way we do implant dentistry is very different. Okay, number one, we use digital technologies that allow us to minimize how much work we have to do to you, blah, 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 blah. But more importantly, we also offer sedation services. We offer high-level sedation services to where you won't feel or remember anything. So if fear has been holding you back, I want to address that with you. Call us, let us talk about it. Right. Okay. And then we may send another message and, and I keep going and these messages aren't this order or anything, but the whole point of the messages is that we're addressing the patient fears. Right. We're addressing the patient concerns. You know, one of the concerns I get specific to full arch implant dentistry, patients are freaked out. Of, am I going to walk around without teeth? You know, and I know that not to be true. So one of these messages would be, hey, Christian, you may be thinking to yourself, hey, if I get all my teeth taken out and it takes this three or four months for the implants to heal, am I going to be walking around without teeth? Christian, I want you to know that we have techniques that you will never walk around without teeth. Here's an example of that. Right. So here's, here's a video testimonial from Mr. Jones talking about how he never walked without teeth. So your explanation of the funnel is right on. Mm -hmm. And I think the easiest way for dentists to understand this, because we all, we've all heard this, mm -hmm. fortune is in the follow-up. Right. This is a digital follow-up. It's a way that you can follow up with patients without having to have somebody pick up the phone and right. do it. Not that that's bad either. And there's analog ways of doing that. Well, I would argue our, our team's going to screw it up. We're going to be uncomfortable doing it. It is if we pick if, up the phone and do it. If you have the right team member, it can be done uh, 
it can be done. And I, I mean, we, but there's a training process and that's why not everybody's going to be able to find those people. This gives you control over that follow-up. Mm-hmm. You can test that follow-up to see what works better. So I'm all for it. I mean, I, I, I am a big believer in this and I think email is one of the most valuable mm-hmm. under uh, appreciated things that we have in our practice. We have thousands of email addresses that we'd never use. You know, I included. looked it up. I have 92% of all my patients, I have the email address. Yeah, we, we're missing the boat there. Yeah. All of us are. And we're not leveraging their email addresses. Right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an untapped resource. But the key is, is you have to follow up with people because, like you said, they're not ready to buy maybe that day. 90% are not ready to buy that day. But if you stay in front of them uh-huh. and you're able to be, you know, that little thing in their ear, then boom, when they're ready, they're going to do it. So what are the most popular ways to extend or send these messages to patients? Email. Email's one. I mean, there's retargeting online. Okay, so so now let's talk about that. So retargeting, what you mean is, so in other words, hey, I responded to your ad. I went to your website Mm -hmm. specific to implant dentistry. I don't want to send you, Christian, the same ad over and over again. I now want to send you the next ad. Right. Which is answering the same questions I just went through there, okay? And then I want to send you another ad with answering another question. So that's where the Facebook pixel mm-hmm. comes into the specific to Facebook. Yeah. Is that so it knows that you, Christian Yates, visited my website and looked at this. You responded to the first ad to get there. Now it's going to stop showing you the first ad. Right. And it's going to start showing you ad number two, three, four, five. Creepy, right? Big, big brother advertising. Yeah, but but <laughs> but it, it works, right? It, do, it does, and it's important. And there's a lot of technology out there, and it's changing. And in a year, this podcast may be obsolete. It, it not maybe; it likely will be. Yeah, because there's going to be so much more that. But comes here's out of the market. Won't, what won't be obsolete. What won't be obsolete is understanding what happens. Right. Okay. We 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 send we, why we want to advertise, what we got to have in place before we advertise and market. The mediums through which we market will change, mm-hmm. but what we're doing ultimately, we're trying to get a response. Right. Okay, we take that response and we try to drive them somewhere. How we interact with that somewhere, our website may change. Okay, but and then we re-nurture them. Okay, those main steps will not change. Right. The how and what and the tools and the, the quote unquote tactics and all these things they may change, but when a dentist understands what's happening. And what should be happening, now they can be in the driver's seat of really maximizing their investment, really getting the most out of the dollars they spend, really being able to pick and choose who they work with. Because just in this thing, we've talked about funnels, we've talked about SEO, we talked about Pixel, we talked about AdWords, we talked about, you know, uh, uh, keywords, you know, we've said these words, and these are the jargon. That when you talk to a marketing, when you interview somebody that wants to take two, three, four, five thousand dollars a month, and by the way, let's think about that. Mm-hmm. I have people all the time ask me to spend two, three, four thousand dollars a month with them. That's the cost of a house. Yeah. And so, would you just pay somebody the cost of a house without vetting them? No. And part of that vetting process, not anymore, right? <laughs> but part of that vetting process is is hearing the right things <clears throat> and part of that vetting process is hearing the right things and understanding what the, what those words mean maybe you don't understand the technical part of it because i don't even 
Right. Okay. But I understand enough to know when somebody's trying to sell me some BS. Right. Okay. When somebody's trying to simplify this and, and, and really just do one thing that's going to limit my effectiveness. Well, it goes back to what, what are your patients, how do your patients find out that you're not, that you're the right person too? Right. Because I'm going to look at, I'm going to talk to other people. I'm going to look at reviews. I'm going to know, uh, I'm going to get it from a trusted source. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the vetting part is the most frustrating part. And then when I actually find the person uh, that I know is that I can work with them, and that might be different for different people because not everybody's a great fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is if you've got somebody that you can trust that's going to be respectful of your money and it's going to help you budget that appropriately but not give you false expectations, and that's another big thing is, is don't let somebody tell you that they're going to be able to put – you know, a hundred people a month in your, your office. I can get you a hundred people a month if you advertise free cleanings. Right. right. (laughs) It's easy. Let's say qualified. Yeah. uh, So that leads a perfect segue into the end result. Yeah. Okay. The end result of the framework, the market dental marketing framework is we want qualified leads that are financially and mentally qualified. Right. Okay. Our whole purpose of everything we do is to end up with a bucket of people that are financially and mentally qualified for what we're looking to do. Right. And that starts at the top. What, what you want to do from our very first conversation, the things I got to have in place to the types of advertising I do, to the messaging I send, to what response and reaction they get and how I nurture that reaction afterwards is to get qualified leads. I promise you, that if you hire or do it yourself and you put people through a funnel, a nurturing funnel that answers how much does it cost, does it hurt, how do I pay for it, you know, how quick can it get done, mm-hmm. do I go without teeth, do, can I be sedated, you answer these things, the people that respond to that will be qualified people who are ready to say yes. Mm-hmm. Okay? And too often we just throw things out there and then, like, I'm going through it now with throwing ads out there, and I'm frustrated at the people that are coming in because I tell them that, hey, something like this is twenty five to $30,000, and they say, oh, my God, I thought it was going to be a few thousand dollars. And I'm, I'm looking at myself like, what did I, instead of saying, I'm, I, instead of blaming the patient, I'm saying, what did I do wrong that we didn't, that something in our messaging didn't take care of this? Right. You know, and I, I don't, I believe in being very direct with people. Okay, not I'm saying not necessarily personally, but I'm saying uh, I'm not saying face to face with that, too. But I'm saying in the message we put out there, I, I believe in answering the question. Right. Fixed hybrids are, aren't a few thousand dollars. Right. You know, they, they, so these kind of cases can be fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. And I think that our marketing or our messaging should say that up front. Yeah, it's a slippery slope because you want a lot of times and you you've had this happen to you, too. You get the patient that says, wow, twenty five thousand dollars. And then they go. Well, I'm just going to have to make it happen. Right. And I'm going to go talk to my dad or I'm going to go talk to Aunt Susie or I'm going to go to my bank and they make it happen. So you you don't want to discourage people on the front end and go like, oh, that's not doable. But at the same time, you want people to have some idea. So it's it could be a range. Right. And, and one of the things we're doing right now is we're actually setting up appointments digitally mm-hmm. for patients to to find out ahead of time, like for us to pre-qualify them. So they call in and they've been to the website or they've gotten the emails and they're like, 
I want to make, I want to schedule. And we're like, okay, great. We would love to schedule a quick phone call with you with our patient coordinator to go over some things to make sure it's a good fit for you. Yeah, they're fine with that. And then they'll schedule sometimes online or sometimes through the phone. And then a patient coordinator can call and we'll have call it a pre-consult. Right. It's a pre, yeah, that's a great way to call it. That way we find out like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to work for them. Um, you know, and for whatever reason, or absolutely, we'd like to offer you, you know, an appointment to come in and visit with the doctor and it's going to take this long and we're going to do a CT scan and this is all going to be, uh, at no charge to you. And we're going to make sure that you're a good candidate for this. And there's other things that are coming up too. I mean, I'm excited about some of the things that we're working on with, um, you know, this full arch, uh, Mm -hmm. implant dentistry in providing them somebody else providing us that information mm-hmm. so that we don't really have to work so hard yeah. for it. And that's, that's coming. I mean, it's right, right across this. It's right down the road for people that are looking to do full arch implant dentistry, a mm-hmm. hundred dollars spend in Facebook. Isn't going to get you patients. Generally speaking, that'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's understanding having realistic expectations. Yeah. All right, Christian, anything you think we've left out? Um, no, just that I'd be happy to help if, uh, you know, I know you have uh, a big following and if there's somehow maybe I can help yeah. you with that. What's what's be, the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, right now, it would probably be through email um, or also, I hate to give out my phone number because mm. that could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, my but, listeners are pretty good. They're respectful. So you yeah. can give out your phone number. They'll text you. Um, the, my phone number, I can give that out, and I can also give out my email address. Do you want me to just do that right now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my, uh, the best way to contact me through email would be chromedoctors at me.com, and that's uh, just like it's spelled. It's chromedoctors at me, me.com, and my cell phone number is 704 704- Two three six five seven three four. And I want to reiterate, you don't have any marketing programs to sell. No. You just serve as an advisor, happy to help the profession out. I work with. I do work with some. Some. I can be a good referral source. I think for the for the person that's looking for certain types of things. And I'm not gonna. My job is to help people find a good fit. Yeah. And if I'm not a good fit, or I can't help you find, I'll try to help you find somebody that's yeah. a good fit. But, um, yeah, the people that I'm working with for the average dentist that wants to add a few cases mm-hmm. a month, if you want to add 50 cases a month, yeah. then there are companies out there that can help you with that. But the budget for that is, is enormous. It's thirty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a month. Yeah, easy. So for the, for the dentist like you and me, mm-hmm. that I want to do... Four, five, six cases a month. Yeah, I want to do that in my practice. Then there's, there, are, there are solutions already available for yeah. that. Perfect. Christian, thanks again. My pleasure. Always good. Great. All right, everybody. So again, we talked about a lot of things. If you want to go back and you want to kind of do some checklists, you want to see this visually, dentalmarketingframework.com. Got nothing to sell you. Just an option to get a PDF download of the things, the checklist we talked about in episode one, where we talked about the things you need to have in place before you're marketing, and then to have a visual of the marketing framework of the advertising to the website, to the nurture campaign, uh, to get your patients to have qualified leads. It's uh, really pretty simple, but super important before you spend $1 of your hard-earned money, your family's money, uh, money that should be going to your kids if you don't waste it, okay? Make sure it's effective. Uh, 
dentalmarketingframework.com. We will see you next week for another episode. And again, be feel free to share this, star this, uh, complain to me, send me messages, let me know you're getting it. I appreciate all you guys do and to the best for dentistry. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.